Greetings to my gorge, sexy, hot best friends. And welcome to, or welcome back to the Jane Doe podcast. I'm your host, Jules. This is a sacred space where we talk self-love, confidence, and transforming into the most authentic, unapologetic, wild, free, bad bitch, berserk version of yourself. I added berserk. I know I'm getting a bit crazy and we're only 30 seconds in. I should have warned you guys to hold on to your seats, but yeah, we get berserk here. So welcome to the berserk family. Um, Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be back here. I'm going to be honest. I have tried recording this podcast multiple times and I allow my perfectionism to like get the best of me and like I wasn't filming on the camera that I like to film these on so I just like literally recorded and edited the whole thing and I like wasn't satisfied with it and that happens often but you just gotta keep doing it and I don't care how many times it takes I'm going to get the pod uploaded and so yeah I encourage you guys to like never just a little quick boost of motivation before we get in if there's something that you love to do don't let the amount of times that you mess up or the amount of time and energy it exhausts out of you to ever make you stop just be like okay cool let's do it again for the 50th time and here we are and I feel good and I have a feeling that this is the one that I'm going to use so thank you guys so much for being here Before we dive into today's podcast, I just wanted to say a prayer of peace for Ukraine. I'm sure you guys are aware of what's going on, but I think it's, I think there's so much power in prayer. So I think it would be awesome if we could all just say a prayer for a more peaceful world. Unfortunately, this is, you know, the reality of the world at this point in time. And I can't even imagine the fear of what it must be like to actually be experiencing this in real time and it's just really wild that this is going on and unfortunate so let's all say a prayer of peace for ukraine and for anybody in the world that needs it and i have some a couple of things that i'm excited to share with you guys on the podcast but i remembered that it is national eating disorders awareness week and i thought it was really important for me to come on here and share what i learned in my through my journey of eating disorder and eating disorder recovery because i have learned a lot through my experiences and i know for me personally that like one of the only things that helped me in recovery was realizing that i wasn't alone For a long time, I was ashamed of like sharing the intimate details of my eating disorder. And I'm not going to get like super detailed because this video would be 10 hours long. And I don't really think that's the most important aspect of it anyway. I think what's most important is like what I learned. But yeah, if you're struggling or if you know anybody going through this, I think it's so important to be aware of the dangers of eating disorders and what the most important thing that my eating disorder taught me that hopefully can help one of you guys so 
really quickly, as quickly as I can, I'm going to breeze through my history. Basically, I struggled with disordered eating since I was a kid, and then I eventually developed eating disorder tendencies really early on, probably from age like 10 or 11. Um, I would restrict over exercise, and then so I had like anorexic tendencies orthorexic tendencies and then it eventually spiraled into bulimia which is where I was binging and purging when I was 15 and I always thought that the bulimia like wasn't too serious like I thought that I had it under control and I could stop whenever I wanted and then I remember I told myself I was going to stop the bulimia before I started working at a summer camp when I was 16 and then I got to that summer camp and the bulimia came with me and that was kind of when I realized that this so-called control that I had over food was an illusion and that really food had control over me and this disorder was much bigger than myself and much bigger than I thought that it was and this was a real issue and I speak a lot about bulimia in regard to eating disorders because I did Um, fluctuate along the spectrum of all eating disorders but for me personally bulimia was a bitch and a monster and that was my personal it became a drug to me it became an, an addiction and I think that that's something that people don't exactly understand about bulimia sometimes because there isn't that much of there isn't that much awareness but when you're caught in this cycle of being malnourished binge eating becomes like this rush for your body but then when you're struggling with an eating disorder it's accompanied by this panic and anxiety and guilt which causes the purging and I mean there's a lot of different reasons obviously that someone can be suffering from any eating disorder but often even if you want to recover bulimia can be really difficult because it's not just about wanting to recover but it's about breaking the cycle of addiction as well and you're breaking the cycle of addiction with something that you can't necessarily abstain from right like you can't abstain from food you have to create a healthy relationship with it so yeah bulimia basically destroyed my health in my teen years and I just really it began all as this innocent pursuit of like trying to become like the healthiest happiest version of myself and my pursuit of health really quickly got dark and it you know I ended up losing my health through this journey and it was really difficult for me and um the bulimia got really bad and it got to the point where I had I was in the hospital two times I um, was binging and purging up to like, I don't even know how how often, but like definitely over 10 or 15 times a day at some points when I was in my teens. And it was horrible. And I wanted to stop desperately, but I didn't know how. And once my like mom eventually found out, she tried to get me help and I saw multiple therapists and multiple doctors and they were trying to help me and they were trying to scare me out of it and 
I just didn't know how to overcome it. I was so addicted to it. I really leaned on bulimia as a crutch, as a coping mechanism for my depression. And I was so ashamed of it that it made it so much worse because it really thrives. It thrives in shame and it thrives in secrecy. And I wrote so many poems over this period of time that I had an eating disorder, but I wanted to share this one in particular because I think that the most important lesson um, that I learned from my eating disorder is kind of expressed in this poem. So it's called Leave Me Alone. And whenever I say Mia, I'm just referring to bulimia, but it's just in shorter, easier way to refer to it. So it says, Normally Mia snuck up on me in my weakest moments of recovery. When I wasn't feeling my best or felt guilty about food I was eating. And she'd always lure me in by making me feel powerless. It felt like a voice whispering in another language I somehow understood, saying just give up, eat more, and get rid of it. Another episode isn't a big deal, just one more time. And almost every time I found myself in that position, I honored her wishes. I binged, I purged, then I binged and purged again, then sank into darkness. Waking up from the trance to realize I'm still living in this fucking nightmare. Bulimia is simply that, a living nightmare. No glamour, no poetry, pure misery, hopelessness, and fear. Almost every time I found myself in that position, I honored her wishes. But this time, I just sat there and I observed as the whispers crescendoed into roars. And finally, after all these years, I realized that the fear of living with bulimia for another day was scarier than whatever recovery meant. So I just wanted to share that with you all this week because throughout my complicated journey, and honestly, recovery was just as hectic and difficult for me as the eating disorder because just because I decided to consciously try to recover from bulimia and to try to stop binging and purging I relapsed countless times I had slips countless times in my recovery and it really took me a long time to shift the mindset and what this poem is saying and the real what I really learned from my eating disorder and what really got me out was recognizing that I was terrified of recovery as I'm sure anyone struggling with an eating disorder is. You're terrified of whatever that means, if your body's gonna change, of you know starting to change what has become your normal, change your routine, change your relationship to food, let go of this coping mechanism that is the only thing that you can rely on, the only thing you have, letting go of the control, letting go of the um, of any of these behaviors, over-exercising, um, 
whatever it is, right? Purging. And what I realized was like, yeah, recovery is terrifying and I'm scared. But being bulimic for one more day and feeling and living with that anxiety of this could kill me anytime. I could give myself a heart attack. I could have a seizure. I could give myself cancer. I'm doing so much damage to my stomach, to my esophagus. I, my teeth could fall out. My hair could fall out. Like knowing that that is the road that choosing bulimia one more time is going to take me on. Like realizing that, that those are my options yeah recovery is scary but i realized that my eating disorder and a future of my eating disorder and what that entails is way scarier staying where i was at staying miserable is way scarier and that was kind of where i had this click where i was like i don't care what recovery entails i'm gonna choose it because yeah it's scary but it can only get better and it can only get less scary. The other option, which is to stay where I'm at or to just surrender and just give up and let the bulimia win, it's just gonna get scarier. And I know what it's like to have that voice in your head that's like, just one more time, it really is this like addiction and that eating disorder voice screams that's why i said it kind of crescendos into roars when you are ignoring sorry i just hit the mic when you're ignoring your eating disorder thoughts and the eating disorder voice it roars and you feel like shit but the biggest and most important thing i learned you guys is that recovery is scary but it's way less scary than your other option and the only way out is through and I think also a reason that I wanted to talk about this on this podcast is because a huge part for me in wanting recovery was finding things that brought me joy in my life and a reason to want to heal and a reason to want to get out. For me, I chose to recover because I believed that there was more to life than suffering and to misery and that I could explore, that there's parts of myself or there's hobbies or things that I could explore to make myself excited about being alive and being myself and for me that meant expressing myself and creating this podcast and this space that I've created that I love and that I'm going to continue to come back to because it's something that makes me excited about being alive and I enjoy doing this as much as it can be frustrating sometimes and complicated and time consuming and for you I would ask yourself like What are you excited about? What could unfold for you in the future? Who do you want to be? And allowing that to drive you in recovery can be really, really, really helpful. So if you're struggling, I just want to send you so much love and to remember that you have nothing to be ashamed of 
I have, I don't know, I was so ashamed to ever speak about my eating disorder, and I don't care. Like, you can judge me all you want. Like, I'm proud of myself for getting over that addiction. And so I'm not afraid to say, like, I was bulimic, and I'm not going to hold any shame because there's no reason to be ashamed for having an eating disorder. It's valid. It makes sense why you... You know, like, why so many people struggle with eating disorders? Because we live in a world that makes it hard to have a normal relationship with food if you're not, you know, educated and if that information isn't available to you. And so it's not your fault and you have nothing to be ashamed of. Now, to end the podcast on a lighter note, this is really random and, like, not related, but I thought that this was really interesting and I just wanted to share with you guys. So my boyfriend recommended that we start watching American Horror Story Apocalypse and I had no interest. I was like, I'm scared, but fine. So we watched like two episodes together and then I tapped out and I was like, I'm done. Like, this is too much. I don't really like to watch shows that much anymore, but he finished it on his own and then he told me, he started, he was like, I have to give you a recap on, like, what happened. And I was like, do you? Like, I'm scared. Like, you don't have to. And he was like, no, I have to. So he was telling me all about the show. And I was kind of like, okay, sounds cool. Sounds interesting, whatever. But then this one part that he told me really caught my attention. And he said that basically there were these women in the show who, at for most of the season there are these ordinary people but then toward the end of the season you find out that they are witches and it was kind of a show about like good forces versus evil forces I guess and so the witches were like good witches and they were fighting for like the good of humanity and the world whatever and these two witches who are like ordinary people go were put under an identity spell by older witches in the coven and they're like you're gonna forget all about being a witch and all of your power in order for you to fulfill the task that you need to fulfill and in order for you to like be in the right position to um to do what you need to do and so these two witches are put under this identity spell where they forget their power they forget everything about themselves they forget that they're witches and I when he was telling me this I was like oh my gosh like tell me more like I'm so interested I'm so fascinated by this and he was like that's not even like that wasn't even a big part of the show but I was like obsessed with this idea of this identity spell and this is not really about witchcraft at all but I just like to play with different ways we can conceptualize our thinking And so I was thinking to myself, like, imagine that you believed that you truly, like, believed that there was this identity spell cast upon you and it made you, so anytime that you have, like, a self-sabotaging belief or a thought pattern that you're not capable of achieving something, you're not capable of doing something, you shouldn't give yourself permission to express yourself, you should shame yourself. Like, Imagine that you found out that any of those self-sabotaging beliefs or obstacles were due to an identity spell that was cast upon you and 
the way to break that spell is to have the awareness that it's a spell, that it's an illusion. And so I started kind of playing with that. Like maybe it can help you and, you know, anytime you're having this like negative thought pattern, like I can't do that or I, I'm not capable of this or I'm not good enough. It's like, oh, that's just the identity spell. Like that's an illusion, right? I don't know. It's like a cool, I thought it was like a really interesting concept to view your thoughts as this illusion, as this identity spell. So I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here. Quick affirmation before we hop off the pod. Speedy affirmation. I'm able to shift to calm energy whenever I desire. Per. I love you all. Thank you so much for being here. Sending love, peace, joy, healing, and I will see you all in my next podcast.